Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Good morning. Come on, can we just praise the Lord this morning? Let's just thank Him. Man, we get to be here together today. We're not outside. It's cold out there today, y'all. It is cold outside. We are so glad you're here today. If you're visiting Hope for the first time, we want you to know you are our, our guest, and we're glad that you're here today. Uh, some of you guys have uh, seen some new faces today, seen some familiar faces, um, but we're just believing that this year, we've said this already a couple times, we're believing this is the year of breakthrough for our church. We're believing this is a breakthrough, and by the way, the church, that's you and that's me, so we're believing this is your year, we're believing this is your year for breakthrough, and we just believe in that, and so get that in your system, get that in your soul, and um, while we're in the spirit of 20 days of prayer, can you guys pray for my dolphins today? Um, come on, can you guys pray for them? We're going to need a prayer, all right, we're going to need, <laughs> we're going to need a prayer, like I, we're going to need a revival, we're going to need, we're going to need everything we got, so if you, if you're, a, the Bible says pray without season, if you can pray between now until we win tonight, we just keep praying, all right, just keep a prayer on your lips, you know, like, it doesn't be a long prayer, but you just keep it on your lips, like, just pray, and so, um, I digress. Hey, uh, we are in 21 days of prayer it's been an incredible time, and we wake up every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 6.30 a.m. on Facebook Live, and we are praying, and we are asking God for a breakthrough. We're reading together. We've got 90 people reading the Bible together every single day. It's been such an encouraging season, and on Saturdays, we roll right into our office, and we pray right here in our office. Yesterday, we were able to pray and just believe God for some miracles, and so we want to invite you to be a part of that journey with us. If, if you've never, ever been a part of a 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're a week into it, but jump in on week two, and when you walk out today, there's some prayer guides in the back. Again, all that information is on hopeinourgarden.com. Click on 21 Days of Prayer. There's a Spotify playlist on there. I mean, we really want to make sure you have all the tools so you can pray and read the Bible in this next season. We believe that something happens when we all come together and we do this together. And so we're believing for breakthrough. We learned a few weeks ago that breakthrough starts with a decision. Breakthrough, it starts with a decision. Everything that you do in your life, it starts with a decision. You make thousands and thousands and thousands of choices. Some of them you know about, some of them you don't know about. But you make thousands and thousands of choices every single day. All of those, all of those decisions that you make, you're, you're making a decision. It all starts inside your brain. And so you've got to make a decision. If you want to breakthrough, breakthrough, it starts with a decision. The second thing we learned a few weeks ago was that breakthrough continues with a plan. My mother-in-law, I heard her say this. I don't know if, if you stole it or someone stole it from you. But if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Like, you got to have a plan together. Like, you got to put together a plan. You can't be like, hey, uh, when I wanted to marry Diana, my in-laws here today, when I wanted to marry Diana, I had to have a plan. And uh, everybody has a plan. It, it's going great until you get punched in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? So I went to Diana's dad with the first, first attempt and struck out. I went to him with the second attempt and struck out. But you, how many of you guys know your pastor is persevering? You know what I'm saying? I went there for a third time. Like, you will not knock me down. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I just went. I went bold. You know what I'm saying? I cinched up my pants. I tightened up my shoes. And I'm like, you will let me marry your daughter. Third time's a charm, baby. Come on, somebody. And yesterday we celebrated 18 years, 18 years. <clears throat> we always celebrate our anniversary after the fast is over. Come on, somebody, because you know you can't, it's just, you know, when you're eating, you know, uh, well, you know, when you're, you're doing the Daniel fast, when you're having a bean, it's kind of hard to be excited about that, you know what I'm saying? You're eating, like, <laughs> eating beans and, and beans, you know what I'm saying? Five beans, really. So anyways, we're just, um, we, you got to have a plan. 
breakthrough starts with a plan. If you're going to go on a trip, you've got to put together, if you're a girl in here today, or maybe you're the, if you're the guy in the house, you're the, you're the planner. But someone's got to put together a plan. If you're going across town, you're going to, we're, we're going to take some time off in, in June. Like, if you're going to go somewhere, you have to have a plan. If you want breakthrough in your life, you have to have a plan. So we've been walking through this battle plan over the last two weeks, and, or this is week two, and next week will be um, a part of it. But we believe this, we said this last week, fasting creates space for breakthrough. We believe that fasting creates space for breakthrough. So part of our battle plan for breakthrough is fasting. We're saying, hey God, I'm going to take this out, God, and I'm going to place you there or prayer there or time with you there. We, we take back what we like or what we love, and we put in something better, which is God. And so we believe that fasting creates breakthrough. Here's the second thing we learned, or we're going to learn today, but we, we believe this, that prayer is the language of breakthrough. Prayer is the language of breakthrough. No matter where you travel, if you travel the world, wherever they go, there's a language that they speak there. And so when we go to Nairobi, Kenya, there's a language that they speak there. When we've gone to Manila, Philippines, and Diana, I've been to Central America, South America, and we've been to Asia, and all these places that we've been around the world, everywhere you go, there's a language there. There's a native language there. But we believe that prayer is the language for breakthrough. And so if you have an instituted, as Christians, we all have to have prayer on our lips. We got to learn how to pray. We got to get good at praying because prayer is the language of breakthrough. You got to ask God. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend gave me a shirt. Where's he at? My, my man back here gave me a shirt that said, "Talk to God, talk to God." I was gonna wear it today. I was telling Jose, I wanted to wear that shirt today, but it was a T-shirt. It's just way too cold. But I will wear it eventually. But there's a shirt that says, "Talk to God." It's a great reminder for us that we're we're called to pray and talk to God. Praying is just talking. It's just talking news. But prayer is the language. Of breakthrough, so we looked at fasting and we looked at praying. I saw this quote this week as I was reading, and it was this. I want to give it to you. Every action that you take is a vote toward the person that you want to become. Every action that you take is a vote toward the person that you want to become. So if you want breakthrough, the action that you got to take for breakthrough is going to have to be fasting. If you want breakthrough, the the, the action you got to take is prayer. It's Bible reading. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about community. Like, you got to take steps. I want to be healthy. So, you know what I do? I got to put on tennis shoes. I got to go outside. I got to pull out a Nike app. I got to hit go. And I got to get up my headphones and put, and put my headphones in my, in my AirPod, my AirPod Pro 2, 3 Max, whatever they're called now. You got to put those in here and you got to put a playlist on. And you got to start just going one step at a time. One step at a time. I remember when I ran, I wanted, to be, I wanted to run a marathon. So if you want, the way to run a marathon is to run a 5K, and then to run a 10K, and then to run a half marathon, and then to run 20 miles. And you hopefully, that 20 miles is good enough, and you hopefully it'll get you through 26 miles when you get to the race. But you've got to put together a plan. You have to have a plan, a process, but we believe there's got to be action to the plan. Action, every action you take is a vote toward the person that you want to become. If you want to be a person who is in love with Jesus and who's going after God and going after breakthrough, fasting becomes part of your rhythm, prayer becomes part of your rhythm, Bible reading becomes part of your rhythm. I want to read a passage of scripture today of a, of a group of young people who, who prayer was a part of their rhythm. Prayer, the talking to Jesus was something that they did. And if you see anybody who has breakthrough in life, I promise you that breakthrough did not happen apart from prayer and apart from asking God and fasting and Bible reading. And we really want to be a church. We, it's a, these are spiritual disciplines that we all should have. If you have, a, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, these should become part 
of your rhythm. Some of you guys, I'm praying and believing that your, your, your caffeine headaches, they've gone away in the name of Jesus. Like today I woke up and I'm like, are we going to have a headache today or are we not going to have a headache today? You know, like, and hopefully you've, you've become that. I've been, I've been fasting me and I'm thankful for my friend Tyson to remind me of my fast. He sent me a text at 9.30 on Friday night of two slabs of ribs that he made. That's the kind of church. And I just want to, he was just like, hey, it's kind of church we're rocking with. But he's like, hey, here's some motivation for you. Here's some motivation for you. All you guys walked in today and, and uh, with your coffee cups, with the lid propped open, I, the coffee just kind of, and right into my nostrils, just, just went right up in my nostrils. And I believe that there's going to have to be, there's got to be an action plan. You've got to get into these rhythms uh, of your life. And so fasting and prayer has become a rhythm that I have in my life because I believe that when I do that, then God does what he does. And so I want to be a part of these rhythms. These rhythms we learn from the Bible, Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at a story of, of a group of young people. And Diana mentioned serving and investing in our young people. You can never go wrong investing in young people. You can go wrong investing in a lot of things. Anybody ever, can we just be honest, anybody ever made a bad investment? Anybody ever made a bad investment? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, if, you've, if you've never made a bad investment, you're not investing enough. Because eventually, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Michael? Eventually you make a bad investment. You're like, I'm going to buy this house. This is the house. You're like, I'm, this can be a great investment. Until 08 happens, and you're like, dang, I'm upside down. Like, whatever investment that you've made, if you've made enough investments, you're going to make it a bad investment. But I want to encourage you today, you can never make a bad investment investing in, in, in students, investing in young people. You can never, ever go wrong um, making that investment. I'm so thankful um, that we get to serve our young people. I just want to encourage you to continue to keep on investing in them. Continue to keep on pouring into the, the next generation. They need us. They need us. They need us. Daniel chapter 3, a group of young people. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar, he made a gold statue 90 feet tall and, and 9 feet wide. That's a big statue. 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He set it high so everyone could see it. Then he sent messages to the high priests, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial office, off officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So all these officials came and they stood before the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald went out, or the newspaper went out, a decree went out, a, a word went out, like a, 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 a sound went out, and he said, people of all races, all nations, all languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of a horn, a flute, a zither, a lyre, a harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Verse 6. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Come on, are you with me today? they got to bow down to this big old idol, and if they don't bow down to it, they're going to get thrown into a blazing furnace. I'm not going to lie to you. Today, a blazing furnace sounds pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just cold. You, just, you shouldn't say that I know about the story, but I get the story. I've read it, but the point is it's cold out there. And so he goes, hey, if you, if you don't bow down, when you hear this sound, you're going to be thrown into the fire. Verse 7, so at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race, nation, or language, they bowed to the ground, and they worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So everyone bows down like they're supposed to, but, there's always a but, verse 8 says, but some of the astrologers, they went to the king, and they informed on the Jews. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king, please don't kill us, we're coming to give you bad news. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, time out. I'm not exactly sure what the zither is, but it just sounds cool. 
I bet whatever it is, Jamie can probably play it. You know what I'm saying? That's just the kind of guy. He plays every instrument. He's like, I got, I got a zither at my house. I'm just going to, next week he's playing the zither. A harp, a pipe, and other musical instruments. The decree also states that anyone who refuses to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews. There's a group of young people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty, they refuse to serve your gods, and they do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. As you can imagine, King Nebuchadnezzar is not okay with that. But you know what I realized today in this passage of Scripture? God's calling you and I to stand up for what's right. Just believe that. I believe that there's this, everyone's doing it, everyone's going, everyone's, everyone, um, I heard uh, this, this quote yesterday, but your truth is not the truth. And that's going around like, hey, just everyone's doing their truth. Everyone's worshiping their gods. Everyone's committing idolatry. They're chasing, they're pursuing. And, and as a country, I see everyone chasing, pursuing. We're going after whatever we want to, and we're really bowing down to golden idols. And Jesus is telling you and I today, he's calling us to, to stand above that, to be different, to not be, to not be normal, to not do what everybody else is doing. Because there's three young men going, yeah, we're not doing that, bro. Like, we out. We're not, we're not bowing down. We are not bowing down. We're only bowing down to one king, and his name is Jesus. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he got really, really upset. And he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be, be brought before him. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to him, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship my gold statue that I have set up? Verse 15. I'll give you one more chance. And I love these guys. They're like, oh, we don't need one more chance. Like, we appreciate you giving us one more chance, but we're not, we don't really need... We don't really need one more chance. Because I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made. And when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, all, the, all those instruments, you bow down. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And, w- and then what God will be able to refuse or be able to rescue you from my power. Now, I love these guys because they're going, dude, you're soft. We're not afraid of you. We don't care. We've already not bowed down several times, and we're not going to start bowing down now. I have, um, I have four kids. We have a, uh, my daughter who's saying today, she's 15. I have a son who's 11, and uh, who's about to turn 12, which is crazy. And I have twins that are eight years old. Now, I love my kids. I, there are a couple of them, when they've grown up, they've come to us and let us know when they were bad. Come on, those are good kids, aren't they? When they come, they tell you that they're bad. Like, that's awesome. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm really, so I remember, I don't remember which one of them was. When you have four kids, you, don't, you barely remember their names. You know, it's lucky that two of them share a birthday. Come on, somebody. Like, I, if I, you know, I can remember three, but I can't remember four. But I, I remember one of them coming to me and goes, I, I was bad. I was bad. I'm like, you probably were. You're a heathen. You know what I'm saying? Like, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says that we've all sinned. You know, like, I'm going to preach. I'm like, I was bad. You, and, and, the, and he would go. It was one of the boys, because girls would never admit to being wrong. Um, <laughs> I did it, I did it. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, that was wrong. I'm going to, like, lose half the church. But a lot of guys are going to start coming back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was funny. It just came out of my mouth, Diana. We celebrated 18 years of marriage yesterday, <clears throat> and I still haven't quite you know, learned to kind of harness it, you know what I'm saying? There's hope, David. There's hope for me. And so, <clears throat> but they would, they would go, I need to, I need to, I need a spanking. And I would be like, well, I have to. <laughs> you need a spanking? I'm the guy to give it to you. I'm your guy. 
One would come to us and say, I did something wrong. I'm like, okay, what do you need? He's like, I need a timeout. I'm like, not a spanky. You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't you be like the other one? And, but, I, but I, these guys are going, yeah, we don't need another chance. Like, just, you, you, they, they basically, you might as well throw us in the fire now. Because verse 16 says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into a blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, I love that phrase, that'll preach. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never, ever, ever serve your gods or we will never, ever worship the gold statue that you set before us. We're not down, bro. Like, I don't care, King Nebuchadnezzar. They were more respectful than calling him bro. But like, we're just not going to do it. So can you imagine the story, you guys? These young people are going, we are not going to bow down. We refuse to bow down. We're going to worship God. And I was telling our first service, I'm trying to build that up in our students. I'm trying to build up in our students on Sunday nights. When they come, we preach hard to our students. We want them to go into their schools on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we want them to live out the gospel. And I want you to live out the gospel. I was telling our first service, I preach harder on Sunday nights than I preach on Sunday mornings. Because I'm not sure y'all can handle what I give them on Sunday nights. They, those guys, those kids, those middle school school kids, they got thick skin. Plus they're used to blocking out their parents. So like I really got to just make sure. <laughs> I'm one of them. I got one. My kids hear me preach, by the way. You hear me preach for 30 minutes every Sunday morning. They hear me preach all day, every day. I got a sermon for everything. I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. You know, honor your mother and your father. Like, I will, like, anything they say, I got a verse for it. I'm like, here, the Bible says you're fearfully wonderfully made. Like, I'm always preaching the word to them because I want to disciple them. So when they go out in the world, which the world's going to happen, I, heard, I said this to you guys two weeks ago or last week, but God is good even when the world's mean. The world's going to happen to my kids. And I want to prepare them to go out there, and I want them to be like that iceberg that's strong and that's solid. And when the world comes at them, I want the world to fall. I don't want my kids to fall. And so the Bible says that these young people, they're young people, guys, like our students. They're going, yo, we're not doing that. So let me fast forward the story for you. Those of you guys that didn't grow up in Sunday school, they go, certain, the music plays, the, the zith, the lyre, all these things. They play the harp, the, all the music instruments play, and they don't bow down. So the king, by the way, the king's afraid of these guys. You want to know, how I, know how, how I know he's afraid of them? He gets the biggest, strongest dudes, and he goes, hey, go get those boys. They're little boys, by the way. And he goes, the Bible says, go get some really, get some of the strongest guards and tie them up. And then once you tie them up, I want you to throw them in the fiery furnace. But before you throw them in the fiery furnace, here's what I want you to do. I want you to crank up the fire. Because you, know you know what King Nebuchadnezzar knows? King Nebuchadnezzar, he knew a little bit about their God. If, if the boldness from their mouth was any kit indicator on how big their God was, King Nebuchadnezzar was like, he was afraid. I wonder if your neighbors know how big your God is by what comes out of your mouth. I wonder if your kids know how big your God is by what comes out of your mouth. I wonder if, you're, I wonder if you're, your family, when you, go to, when you go to Christmas and you go to Thanksgiving, I wonder if they know how big your God is by what comes out of your mouth. They're like, we're not afraid of you. So he's like, get the biggest, strongest dudes and tie them up and turn the fire up really, really, really hot. And we're going to burn those jokers. And so sure enough, all those things happen. They throw them in the fire, you guys. We don't have the time for all this. But then they get out of the fire. The Bible says they don't even smell like smoke. And when King Nebuchadnezzar looks at them while they're in the fire, he's counting. He's like, one, two, three. And he's like, dude, there's an extra person in there. 
Didn't we throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there? There was another one in there. There was another in the fire. Guess who it was? It was the Spirit of God in the fire with them. So I wanted to bring, I brought this illustration today. I was going to make you guys a fire. Because, yeah, I know, it's not a good idea. So, I, but I, so I bought one of these. Have you guys ever seen one of these fire starter things? All like the manly men have seen these, or the manly women in here today who like your campers, like you've seen these. Have you ever seen one of these? I, I was going to make a fire. This is, what, this is what it looks like to make a fire, Kristen. Isn't that so cool? Like, I was practicing this. I put a video of me practicing it, but then I realized I wasn't 100% sure if that was going to work, so I literally brought a fire kit to church today. I know we tell our kids not to play with fire, but now I'm an adult, baby. Can't stop me now, Mom. <laughs> so I brought this fire in to help me preach this illustration, to preach this point. Last week, last service, it got a little out of hand. Fire truck came. No, I'm kidding. It didn't come. But I really love this story. And I love this principle. Everything works, by the way, with numbers. I mean, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I could have lit three. I could have lit four. There's eight of them, but I just stopped at three. And it just, every, that's how it is at my, at my house. Everything's a three with me. Three. Anyways, just wanted to throw that your way. I believe, I didn't share this in the first service. I'm going to share it with you guys. I heard this story. I don't have a lot of time to tell you stories because the fire gets going, but I did hear the story of a young man who was in the Korean War. And one of his comrades went down, and the commander walked in and said, hey, when the, when the bullets go down the, and the, everything kind of calms down, go out there and get that young man. He's going to die if you don't go save him. And the young man says to, his, to the commander, he's like, is it okay with you if I'll wait till 9 a.m.? And he's like, well, that's weird, but whatever you want, when it dies down, just whatever. So when 9 a.m. comes around, you guys, bullets are flying. It's, it's the, 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 the battle has gone even crazier. Like, I mean, it is a mess out there. And the young man gets up. He runs out there. Doo -doo -doo. He runs. He's rolling. He gets a guy, gets him back a little bit further, gets behind something, runs a little bit further, get back behind something, runs a little bit further, gets back behind something. And he says to the, he goes to the commander. He's like, Bruh. the commander says to him, that was the most bravest thing I've ever seen anybody ever do. He goes, why did you go at 9 a.m.? He said, I went at 9 a.m. because I knew my mom would be praying. I don't know about you today, but I want to be the kind of person that people know I got a prayer rhythm. That people know, you know, when I ask him to pray, he's going to pray for me. When people say, hey, Pastor West, can you pray for me? I want to be, I want to deliver. I want to, I want to, I want to show up and I want to pray and I want them to, I want them to know that when I pray, I'm believing that God's going to do what only he can do. I'm going to pray big prayers. I'm going to pray bold prayers. I'm going to pray believing prayers and I'm going to pray biblical prayers. I'm just going to pray big when the people ask me. I don't want to be the kind of person where if, I don't want to go to, if I don't, I don't want to go to Nicole, like, hey, Nicole, I need your prayers and not sure if Nicole prays or not. I want to go to someone who I know is going to pray for me. And so I want to encourage you with three different, three different times to pray. Three different times of prayer. I know you're probably thinking 9 a.m., that sounds good. 3 p.m., that sounds really, really good. 6.30 in the morning, that sounds good. But I want to encourage you with three different ways to pray that we see from this pastor's scripture from these young men. I want to encourage you. The reason what got them in the fire, by the way, is because they wouldn't bow down and worship another god. When everybody else was worshiping the other gods, they were worshiping the one true god. So I want to give you this. Here's the first one. You need to pray before the fire. Pray before you get in the fire. Pray. Just build the rhythm up. 
Because when you get in the fire, you're going to be disoriented. You're not going to be able to know which way is left, which way is right. You're going to be on the ground. You're going to be, you're going to be army crawling. You've got to pray before you get in the fire. These guys got themselves in the fire because they were praying before the fire. And if you're going to pray before the fire, you've got to pray while you're in the fire. You've got to pray during the fire. But it's so essential. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. For me, I want to be the kind of person that prays before the fire. That way, when they get in the fire, I'll just be doing what I was doing before the fire. So many people get in the fire, you know what they do? Let me tell you what we do. We all do this. We worry first. We panic first. We have fear in the fire. We get depressed when the fire happens. We up our meds. We call our counselor. Well, all those things. I'm against counseling. I'm not against your, your, your counselor. Go, go to. But like we panic in the fire. But the Bible says to not be anxious for anything, but instead have faith and prayer and worship and be in the, you're gonna, the fire. By the way, the fire is inevitable. I am so for the best is yet to come. I'm down with that. But the reality is until we get there, all we do is go in fires or out of fires and in fires and out of fires and in fires. That is the name of the Christian game until we get to heaven. You got to know that. Because so many people, they get saved and then a fire happens and they're like, oh man, God must not be real. And they go back to their normal life. You got to know, church, that the fire is part of the Christian life. That's encouraging. Let's go home with that. That sounds really good. <laughs> it's just reality. Fire is going to happen. Problems, trauma, every one of us. Did you know one out of one people, every statistic, most statistics are made up, but do you know this one out of one people are going to go through some sort of trauma in their life? You can take that to the bank. We all go through trauma. And the people in, their hand, in here with their arms crossed going, well, you know, I'm not, you know, they can't have as much trauma as I have. They may not. But the reality is near everyone's gone through some sort of trauma. I can stand up here emphatically and I can preach bold prayers. Big, and I can preach these messages because I've read the Bible. And the Bible says to count it a joy when you go through trials, when you go through fire. To count it a joy when you go through fire. And because the Bible said it, I believe it. So you got to pray, pray before the fire, pray during the fire. And the good news is if you pray long enough, you'll be able to pray after the fire. Because what will happen is you'll go to another step, and then there'll be, you'll be pre-fire again, and then you'll be during fire, and then you'll be post-fire. It's just the it's just the rhythm. It's just the rhythm. So I'm going to pray, God, we love you. God, we're for you. God, we're, we're believing for, for revival in our lives. We're believing for, for physical healing and for emotional healing and spiritual healing. We're, we're praying that your word says that there'll be, there'll be um, in the end days, be, that your old men will dream dreams and your young people will see visions. And then when I get in the fire, I'll be, God, I'm in the fire, God, but I knew that was going to happen, God. So I'm still praying and believing this is part of the dreams. This is part of the vision. And this is part of the financial healing. This is part of the emotional healing. Like God's going to use the fire to keep on speaking to me. And then I'll keep on praying. And then when I come out, I go, God, thank you so much. I'm not in the fire anymore. And God, I'm thank you so much. I'm, I, I maybe, like, Lord, it didn't go the way I thought it would go, God, but it went the way you thought it would go. And, and I want to keep on praying. Just be, have this rhythm of prayer. And you can have the rhythm of prayer, too. Every single one of us can have this rhythm of prayer. And, there, and, the, and the good news is, the part I'm so thankful for is, is that we can know that when we go through the fire, when we go through the fire, we can know for fact, there's enough Christians in here today that have gone through enough fires to promise you this, that when you go through a fire, there'll be another one in there with you. 
and he'll be standing right next to you. And he'll be holding your hand in the fire. And his name is Jesus. And he knew about the fire. He wasn't surprised by the fire. It wasn't taken back by the fire. When you see a fire, you may call for help. When, when Jesus sees a fire, he is the help. He's right there with you. He's standing next to you. He's standing right by you. He's holding your hand. He's with you. He's for you. Every fire that you've ever been through, God's right there with you. And every fire that you're going to go through, God is right there with you. I invite you to stand to your feet all across the way. There's another passage of scripture that I didn't give to the guys in the back, but I, God put it on my heart just when I was preparing for this message. But the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, he says, of my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and they would see God and they would worship God, then I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land. I don't know where you're at right now, what season of life you're now, but I want to let you know if you will humble yourself and you will go to God and you will ask Him and you get in a position, you may not have to get physically in this position, but right where you're at, you can just open up your hands and say, God, I'm in a fire, God. And I believe, God, I'll never get out of this fire without you, God. And God, I need your help while I'm in it, God. And God, I don't know how long I'll be in the fire, God, but I'm believing today while I'm in this fire, God, you're right there with me. And I'm going to be okay, God, because you're right there with me. And God, I can believe today that when the fire's over, you'll be with me. And when I get out of the fire, I'll be able to tell my friends, I'll be able to tell this generation that I made it out of the fire because I had God with me. And so I want to encourage you, right? I begin to ask God to help you while you're in the fire. Maybe you're not in a fire, but won't you pray and ask God to help you that when you get in the fire, that you'll be bold and you'll be able to live out your faith. Maybe some of you guys in here today, you're out of a fire. Why don't you begin to thank God and be grateful for God that he brought you out of the fire. Lord, we're so thankful that you're with us in the fire. Lord, we're thankful today that no matter what happens, God, we can believe today that you're right there with us, standing in the fire. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.